Actually, I started off in a funny place. At uni, I went to Sydney Uni, uh, graduated from the business school there. And while I was at university, I was working in insolvency. Uh, and that was a really good experience because I learned to deal uh, in a chartered accounting firm that also had a legal aspect. And what we were doing, what I was seeing as a young guy just starting uni is businesses going broke. Welcome back to episode two of the Loan Dolphin podcast, The Home Stretch. Today, we're joined by a very special guest who has many years experience in financial management, property investing, and building successful businesses. Peter Escher is the CEO and founder of Cribs, but it's far from his first venture. Peter previously founded EPG, a Sydney-based property research and advisory business. Over the past decade, his team has advised hundreds of investors on more than $500 million worth of assets. Pete's a busy man. We were fortunate enough to sit down with him for half an hour at the Sydney Startup Hub. Here's what happened. And in hindsight, that was a really good experience because it taught me the reasons why businesses fail. So I think that was a really great starting point. From there, I was always um, focused on going into the stock market. You know, growing up in, in, in the 80s and 90s, it was glorified to become a stockbroker and go into stocks. Um, and so straight out of uni, last week, uh, last month of university, I started my job. Um, right there on Bridge Street uh, in the Stock Exchange building. Working for Huntley's, we got acquired by a business called Morningstar that was listed on the NASDAQ out of the US. And at that point, I really decided that I want to start my own business. I want to build my own business, build a business that helps investors. Didn't know how, I didn't know what way, shape or form, but I love the fact that a large US company came and bought out an Australian business. Um, and I got to travel to Chicago and travel all around the world and see how things are done in the corporate world um, after being acquired. And so after, um, after Morningstar, I was there for about six or seven years. Um, again, really good experience because I learned how to research businesses, how to write research, how to talk to company managers, um, pick out the good investments from the bad and learn why some businesses succeed as opposed to others. Um, took on board all that knowledge, um, went and done something a little bit different, so worked in the CFDs and Forex space, um, basically as chief market analyst, I was on TV you know, four or five times a day doing media crosses. It was you know, very much PR and marketing, but I was using my background as a stock analyst. And when I was there, I learned how, how to acquire clients for a financial services business, what works and again, what doesn't. Um, and media was changing, uh, and media was great, um, and I continued to maintain my media contacts and relationships. And then uh, a couple of years after that, when I was really hungry to start my own business, I realized that you know, real estate is probably more exciting and where I can add more value because real estate is, is, is much larger. So the total value of the real estate market in Australia, residential is at about $6 trillion the value of residential real estate. And the stock market is about one and a half trillion. So it's four times as large. And when people were making decisions on stocks, they were putting so much thought and insight and research and analysis. But when they were buying property, it was off the back of an emotion. Glossy brochure, yeah, you know, the kitchen looks nice, let's spend a million dollars. And to me that was like, well, you know, um, there's a big gap between the way people make decisions in stocks 
and people make decisions in real estate and usually the real estate decisions are a lot more expensive which means that the consequences are larger so I started a business called EPG where we basically help property investors looking to buy something didn't really know what to buy where to go into the market um, we built a process in the same way that Morningstar sort of helps someone buy a stock or a fund uh, we sort of help somebody buy a real estate investment uh, we specialize in the brand new space because we could do more due diligence build a process the tax advantages that come with buying brand new are quite significant and that later evolved into Cruise, which is a completely digital artificial intelligence based facebook messenger real estate app and here we are today having a chat so we don't we don't actually um do home loans ourselves. We work with great businesses like Lines Open, for example, that specialize in that space. That's a financial product, so we let them take care of it. But uh, one of the most interesting things about a home loan is my theory is, and a lot of people don't agree with this, people don't buy home loans. They buy real estate. Mm -hmm. And then you need to fund your real estate with a home loan. So I prefer to be at the front end of the conversation, not the back end. Yeah. Um, and then when someone needs to fund that purchase, we, we turn over to guys like Loans Often and say, hey guys, can you take over? You're the experts, you help out. So the way I see the space that I've been working in, um, I've been basically trying to help people that are looking at investing their money, uh, previously in the stock market, but now in the real estate market. And now, not just people that are looking to invest new money, but what Cribs does is we actually help you if you're buying or if you're looking to sell so even when you're selling you're turning that house or that apartment into cash it's yeah. a decision you're moving from you know out of real estate into cash whereas the other guy is moving from cash or a loan into real estate so mm -hmm. that's where I try to um, that's where I think we we sit and fit and work with guys like loans often so who's your perfect customer and where do you find them um, beauty about real estate is that I love real estate because a lot of stock market guys don't like real estate and so there's this you know there's this them versus us the bright side the dark side um, but everybody lives in uh, a house or an apartment everybody lives in a home and that home is owned by someone so either owned by the owner occupier or it's owned by a landlord and the occupant is paying rent so it's there, it's physical, it's been around for thousands of years, millions of years. Um, you know, wars and empires were forced on real estate transactions, if you have a look at um, ancient history. Uh, and so we're really going into an asset class that's trusted, that's established, and that I think the, the, the human beings will continue to live within real estate, but the way they buy real estate and the way they sell real estate and make decisions around real estate is right for disruption. Because if you have a look at you know 99% of the real estate market, the way people buy and sell today is very similar to the way they were buying and selling in the 1970s. Whereas the way you buy, sell, manage stocks or funds today is very different. Even a home loan product, the process of obtaining a loan, whether you're purchasing or refinancing is very different today than what it was in the 70s or 80s where you had to make an appointment go to the bank put on you know your best suit and beg the bank manager that you're a good person and you're worthy of this loan 
Um, but real estate, the, the, the process to buy and sell real estate, I think is ripe for disruption. Why do you think it hasn't happened yet? Or why has it taken so long? If, if in other areas it's, it's, you know, the way that they do things has completely changed. Why has it not changed in real estate yet? Or yeah, good question. Good question. I think for, for a couple of reasons. One, because real estate is not always an investment. It's sometimes an investment. Sometimes it's just a need. People need to buy a place. So being able to distinguish, whereas a stock, if you're buying a stock, you're not really buying it because you need to own Woolies shares. You know, you're not buying Woolies shares because you can only have, you can only buy groceries at Woolies if you're a shareholder. So that necessity element is less on stocks. For real estate, it's more important. Um, the other thing is liquidity. Real estate assets are not as liquid. You can't really buy and sell a house as quickly as you can buy or sell a stock. So because they're not liquid and because they can't be passed around, you can't really productize it as much. So where the changes have been is in the businesses that facilitate real estate. You know, so if you look at uh, the way people find real estate, it has changed a lot. You know, in the 70s, 80s and 90s, it was in a newspaper uh, or you drive by or in magazines. And today it's almost 100% on the internet. So that element, that discovery element has changed a lot. But then there's other elements, the decision-making process. You know, when you jump on real estate into main.com, the first question is what location, what suburb? But what if you don't know where you want to look? What if you're 25 years old, you, you've worked really hard to save some money and you know you can't buy in Surrey Hills or Paddington in Sydney, but you want to buy something. But the first question is what suburb? And you don't really know what suburb, and that turns you off. And then that builds frustration, you're out of the market. So there's inefficiencies um, around that process. So it has changed, but it hasn't changed as much as stocks and financial products because liquidity um, and because of that natural element of which, you know, if my wife wants to buy a house around the corner from her mom's, that's, that's, that's a deal breaker for her, you know, being within that proximity. And you can't really digitize that or productize that but the investment side I want to put 50 or 100 grand in an investment property and get the best yield make it work get depreciation that's a little bit less emotional so so do you speak to a lot of people who are in that predicament they've, they've got a bit of cash behind them now they've worked really hard they don't know where to buy um, but do you speak to a lot of people who that's the reality a lot. and where do you start when someone comes to you with that kind of problem like how, how do you solve for that if, if the system is set up to um, to help them invest in, and get into the market? Yeah, really good question. So I think with millennials, I think it's important to distinguish between millennials and baby boomers. And um, what I say to young people is, look, first of all, your parents are great. They're there to help you out. But they grew up in a very different environment than we're growing up. Forget about the internet. Think just cost of money. Okay, when my parents, when, when, when my parents started their working life, in their 20s and 30s. Interest rates were rising in the US. Interest rates peaked in the 1980s in the high double digits. Okay, so when my dad was borrowing money for the first time, he was paying 15, 20% interest rate. And so that scarred him. His whole environment and mentality was benchmarked on that. For us, and for our generation, somebody that's 30 years old, Interest rates are near zero. You put your money in the bank, you get 
So if you're having a conversation with your parents' generation, understand that their experience is different to yours. And understand that it's a, it's a different paradigm and it's a different game. Okay, so don't seek advice from anybody. Um, take on board what they say, but also understand that your circumstances are different to theirs. Mm-hmm. But with that in mind, that's a starting point. We're talking about different environments. So be very careful who you get advice from. Your parents love you and they want the best for you. And even if it's not your parents, your aunties, uncles, friends, your parents, friends, they mean well for you, but they're coming from a different mindset. Um, there's no double-digit interest rates anymore. They might be in the future, but we don't have them at the moment. The second thing is understand what your means are, what your firing power is. That's why it's important to speak to guys like loans often that can get you a really good idea of the financial products available, what your what your lending capacity is, how it works, what your repayments will be, that can provide you some really good assistance. So you know now, you've drilled down to what your budget is. And then once you know what your budget is, you then want to go and get the best bang for buck for that budget. And then emotion is last. Okay, the the, 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 the walls, the view, the street, um, all that stuff is not as important as what you can afford. Everybody wants to buy within five kilometers of Sydney and live there and afford it and go out and party and live a very comfortable life, but you have to prioritize. Mm. And so at the end of the day, you have to work around your budget. The good news is for a lot of millennials that unemployment is relatively low. A lot of people are in work. They might not be making fantastic money, but we don't have 10, 15, 20% unemployment. So we don't have really an employment issue. Um, so there is there is good news. There's products out there, there's choices. You just have to broaden your horizon and not, you know, your parents were able or, or your parents' generation were able to pick and choose, but Australian cities were very different back then to what they are now and the game has changed. So you have to play according to a different script. Do they find kind of how much they're able to borrow before they come to you or do you Good kind of help them through that? It's process? a good idea. Most people sort of know. Yeah. They're like, okay, this is how much I've saved. You know, um, I've got a general idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, most people can't afford to spend $2 million or a million dollars. Um, most first time investors are probably looking at a purchase at around 500 grand. Uh, and then you work back, okay, uh, 500 grand, um, what's a 10% deposit, 50 grand, what stamp duties, entry costs, can I borrow 90%? That's a conversation to then solidify. So you sort of have an idea, you know, you sort of can drill down to a range and then take that range, three to 700 grand, and become a little bit more accurate, mm-hmm. yeah? Then when you're like, okay, cool, I've got some really good guidance um, from London, for example, I can afford 450 to 500 grand based on my circumstances. Now, what am I actually going to buy? Who do I speak to? Where do I go? That's where we help. Right. And we put you in touch with the experts, uh, depending on your circumstances, depending on what you want. Now, you tell me a little bit about yourself now, and I'll point you in the right direction. For sure. So, we're that assistant, we're that help. Um, And we basically save you having to. You know, ring around, make mistakes, 
get frustrated. Real estate people are really bad at returning phone calls. Um, and a lot of real estate people are incentivized to sell. And if they can't sell you what you're after, they're not really there to help you. Yeah. Yeah. So is that where people are going now? They're going to a real estate agent and expecting that kind of end-to-end service? Yeah, well... And that's where... Well, if you... The problem is, the big disconnect from millennials is they don't really... When they're looking to buy, they don't really know where to look Mm -hmm. because their firing power is usually disconnected from where they live. Most millennials want to live in hip spots, um, not really out in regional areas. Mm. Um, so the disconnect between where I live and what I can afford to buy, and you need an expert to help you, guide you to the right areas and give you options. Um, the other thing is when it comes to sell, a lot of people are really interested as to what will happen in the market because they want to achieve the best possible price. The worst feeling is selling and then the next year the market rises by 20%. So guidance on getting in and guidance on getting out. Right. And so is that that's when you say you connect? That's um, where we help. With the experts. We help solve those two biggest problems. The two biggest problems in real estate is what should I buy? When should I sell? We help solve those problems. So... We help, we, we help connect you with an expert um, based on your circumstances. And because we're, we're an actual artificial intelligence um, app in Messenger, one, you don't have to download our app. If you've got Messenger, open it up and we're there. And you have instant response. You, we ask you questions. You tell us about yourself. We then funnel you using our own backend and our own data to experts that we're always updating and screening on our end. Right. And then they're in touch with you straight away and your conversation started. Right. So what sort of questions do you have coming through? Is there a trend? Are people asking the same things or are you finding it's wildly different? So we have different questions if you're looking to buy or if you're looking to sell, obviously. Um, if you're looking to buy, it's really around your budget, um, how long in the process you've been looking. Uh, so if you just started it's very different to someone who's missed out on 10 auctions. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's important. Um, and where you're based and when you want a callback time and how you want to communicate and what sort of resources and help you need mm-hmm. to get you. We just want to know, is Nat someone who's well on the journey or just starting out? Uh, so it's important to make sure that the person that contacts you can speak at your level. Yeah. Right. Because you don't want someone calling you and saying, "Hey, listen, I've got a place, but you need to sign it today," if you've just started, or you don't want someone. You know, if you've gone to ten auctions and you know the market like the back of your hand, you don't want someone to call you and say, "Hey, um, you know, let me t- tell you a little bit about how real estate works." Like, "Hey, dude, sure. yeah, I know it." Yeah. So, so when when it comes to buying, that's sort of the processes and the questions we ask. When it comes to selling, we want to make sure that you know where the market is. You know what your your property is worth, um, and so you've got a really good benchmark to then steer the ship. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to give you sort of, we want to give you um, the best GPS you put in the destination. You know, we want to make sure that you arrive there in the easiest possible way. And for anyone wondering how this all works, what I say to them is the best way to find out how Cribs works is to use it. Open up Messenger, type in Cribs with a Z, um, C R I B Z. Bang, instant conversation, yeah. instant results. Is there any commitment there or can people just jump on? 100% free. 
Okay. Yeah, built in Messenger, you don't have to download an app. Mm -hmm. It's 100% free. Um, the only commitment is if you want someone to contact you, we want to make sure we have the best contact details for you to yeah. get in touch. Um, you know, unfortunately, we can't uh, hand over conversations in Messenger at the moment, but I think in the future we will. So then we won't even need to ask for your contact details. We'll mm -hmm. just be like, hey, cool, I'm adding you know, Steve to the chat. Steve's yeah. the expert. I'll let you guys chat in Messenger. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any case studies that you're able to share or any sort of success stories that have, have come from uh, exploring real estate in this way? Yeah, so we've got a lot of success stories, um, a lot of history and case studies in EPG, mm -hmm. a business that we built and learned from to engineer Cribs. Cribs is a new business. We're getting really good traffic. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in the process of um, building out our partner network to make sure we're referring to people who are excellent and the best in their space. And we've got some good results, yeah. So in due course, we'll be putting them up um, in our testimonial section. Yeah, um, the thing about real estate is that real estate transactions take a little bit of time. Uh, so you know, between being connected with the to buy or sell, transacting, having that outcome, making sure you are happy is at least four to five months. Yeah. Uh, so you'll probably start to see some of those success stories come out within that time frame. Um, so do you have any advice for anyone who, you mentioned that you have people who are further on in the process and really understand real estate than people who are right at the beginning. If people are right at the beginning and they don't want to take on the mindset of their friends and family who sort of have that different mindset that you mentioned earlier, uh, where should they start or what should they be thinking about? Do you have any advice, anything you've seen over yeah, the years of experience that you've had in the industry? So my advice to someone young that's scared is that it costs you nothing to learn. Um, it costs zero to sit there and educate yourself and ask questions. Um, and to someone that's ready, education can only get you so far. Don't use it as an excuse. You know, you can, you can know the best experience in investing is to actually get out there and learn for yourself. I've learned the most from pain, from losing money, from you know being involved in really bad transactions. You know, I was in the stock market, and I was being treated so poorly in real estate when I was buying real estate. That I was like, man, how did they get away with this? Like, how can this? How can someone so blatantly lie to me, or rip me off, or screw me over like this? And I learned through those experiences. So that's important, um, you know, that problems, dealing with problems, dealing with disasters helps you become more experienced and better prepared for the next, for the next one. Um, so it costs absolutely nothing to learn. Um, it costs absolutely nothing to speak to a local expert. Um, and those local experts are, you know, all day, every day talking to people. Um, and so they'll be happy to talk to you. Mm -hmm. It costs nothing to use cribs if you want us to point you in the right direction. It costs nothing to get a loan approval from loans often, for example. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it costs nothing, so don't, don't quote me on that. But as far as I know, there are a lot of free tools mm -hmm. that you can use uh, or conversations that you can have. Um, so there's no excuse. You know, um, there's no excuse. And, and my sister's, you know, a perfect case study. So. My sister's someone, my sister and I are very different strategies. You know, she's been the more go out and, and, and travel and, um, you know, experience the world. And, and that's great, you know, good on her. 
um, and I commend her for that. And I've been more investment focused, you know, saving money, penny pinching. Um, but I think she's come around to understanding things by asking questions and talking, and she's in the market now. And she's right. actually finding it quite enjoyable because she's got a brother that can point her in the right direction, but she's also realizing that it's not as bad as what she thought. You know, the headlines that scare you, mm. you'll never be able to buy anything in your life. Um, they're just headlines to sell newspapers. You know, yeah. you can buy something within your means somewhere at some point in time. You mm -hmm. just got to figure out what it is. Yeah, for sure. Not everyone's going to drive a Ferrari or a Porsche. You know? Yeah. Um, you mentioned before that you learned from sort of having some horrendous experiences. Are really bad experiences. Are there any that you're able to share or are they... Oh man, where do I start? <laughs> uh, I've been... I've had banks freeze my savings two weeks before settlement yeah. uh, without telling me they were going to use those funds for settlement. But I had all my savings in that account, so I couldn't pay for fuel, you know, because all my savings were in an account a proportion of that was going to be used. Uh, it was frozen for two weeks, um, where you know, I had all this money sitting in the bank, but I couldn't pay for it. So I had to borrow some money from my dad. Um, I've had real estate agents um, write my name incorrectly on a contract, um, and a solicitor hasn't picked it up, um, and there's been issues there with having to you know, fix up contracts that weren't done correctly at the mm -hmm. first time. And quite costly, I imagine, to go back and Costly, and stressful, yeah. uh, you name it. Mm. Um, you know, just really, really simple things. Um, I've seen client, I've seen solicitors, you know, not deliver a contract from one office where it could have literally just, you know, walked 50 metres across the road and handed that contract and take two weeks, get lost in the mail. Um, you, you name it. Um, there's so much and, and you know you learn from that mm. um, you get anxiety levels and then you just learn to okay this is the problem how can I work through it um, you know I've had tenants of mine not pay rent um, you go to tribunal um, lie at the tribunal evict them sheriffs a lot of bad stuff defects I've bought you know, in buildings with really bad defects, and I didn't know, um, you know, how, how to look for things, how to look for defects, and, um, you know, stuff like that. So, when we actually say to someone, hey, you know, such and such is a really good developer, they've got a really good product, I know, because I've bought a bad product, and believe me, you don't want to buy a bad product, right. because it's been really, really stressful. Uh, you know, builders who blatantly lied to people, um, it happens in every industry. I mean, just look at what's happening in banking and financial services now. You've got the biggest companies in Australia uh, basically being exposed for being liars. So if someone is going to lie to you, um, if someone is going to screw you over, you want to be prepared and you want to have contingencies in place. Mm -hmm. um, and you only learn that from speaking to people and getting experience, working with experienced people. Yeah. So even though they were bad, but... They helped me then build a process to avoid that for someone else. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, actually, on that on that point, when you say that you've had um, particularly some, some issues with lawyers and, and solicitors, um, do you have any advice for young people who do need to seek that legal advice in regards to a conveyance? You know, some people might never have had to speak to a lawyer before. Where do you Don't start? Don't go cheap. Okay. 
Uh, a lot of people try to skimp out and get, you know, we have this culture where you want to sort by price. So when I look for flights, sort by price. Give me the cheapest flight. Mm-hmm. Um, give me the cheapest plan that I can get for this set of data. You know, the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest. But when it comes to the investing process, um, it's important to get value for money. Um, value for money is not always cheap. So a solicitor is really there to guide you just in case things go bad. They might not go bad, mm-hmm. but if they do go bad, you want someone really good, really experienced, someone that isn't going to give you you know, stress and anxiety. You want to go to sleep at night and say, okay, I've got a problem. I've got the best solicitor. Um, and a lot of people get scared with lawyers, and that's because lawyers have ripped people off for a very long time. And so there's this fear. But try to find someone who's really experienced, and it means spending a little bit more money, then I think that's a worthwhile investment, not necessarily a cost. Yeah. Right? It's not a waste. Um, when it comes to lending, speak to someone that really knows product. There's a lot of you know mediocre people out in the lending space that will promise the world and not deliver. Um, the guys at Loan Dolphin, for example, are really experienced. Um, you know, Rannan, Rannan knows his product really, really well, knows the market. Rannan's a guy I turn to when I'm you know, thinking of my own loans. And that's why you know, we're here sitting today because not only do we know each other as friends and acquaintances, but he's someone that I turn to because he has the expertise. So it's really important to work with someone that's an expert in that lending space. Mm-hmm. Um, Picking real estate, you know, thankfully today, once you've drilled down and knuckled down on, on something, someone's helped you find the right thing, um, you know, you can jump online and do your own research okay. um, because, you know, there's a lot of transparency. But the issue is the journey from, you know, I've got this much money to where I'm eventually looking and where I drill down. So you want an expert that can guide you in the right area. Yeah. Um, not all real estate investments work out well. Mm-hmm. Um, when things don't work out for you, um, time is usually the best, um, the best remedy. Um, okay. So a lot of research that I've read, a lot of research that's been done, shows that over time, uh, prices do rise and pick up. Not all, not in every case, but usually um, the case uh, in real estate. So hopefully they're just some pointers to help people out. Absolutely. Um, and just lastly, what's next for Cribs? Where to in 2018? So we're working really hard to, to bring on board awesome partners so that when we speak to Nat on Messenger uh, and connect her with you know someone, that, that connection that we make is a really good connection and she's like really happy. Um, Messenger, Facebook has copped a lot of flack recently, um, but we're very comfortable um, we're going all in on Messenger. We think, you know, hopefully I can listen to this in five years' time and say, you know what, look at Messenger now and look how you know optimistic I was. I think as a communications tool, um, it, it is the number one chat app uh, in the world. 1.3 billion people use Messenger on a monthly basis. And I think the things we do in Messenger will only expand and increase. And we want to be there to help people out when they are looking you know, at having conversations around real estate. So that's really our focus at the moment. Um, and you know, uh, as technology improves, we want to make sure that we have 
uh, the right tools and resources and we need to build that and plan around that. Um, we also have to be mindful that real estate is still a very, very big decision for people. It's probably the biggest decision you'll make in your life, um, second to getting married or, or, or something more important. Um, but you know, relationships come first and then you know, financial decisions, real estate's usually the largest financial decision you'll make in your life. So we know that the human interaction and the human element is important. Technology is great to open up a conversation, but it needs to be backed by awesome human beings. So that's our focus. Awesome. Well, we look forward to following the story. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks.